Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Nine minutes after 6 o'clock on this Wednesday evening. My name is Darren Pritchett. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Live on 960 AM WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com. On the free WSBT radio app. We also have a video feed of the studio on the Twitch app. You see me, but you don't see my next guest. So you're losing out. Tyler Horka, the Notre Dame football beat reporter. Blue and Gold Illustrated. Blueandgold.com. I'm probably picturing him in a Dallas Stars sweater and a Dallas Cowboys hat with the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NFL draft coming up tomorrow. Am I close? Yeah, and I've actually got the uh, the Dallas skyline behind me. Anybody that's watched uh, videos uh, of Blueandgold.com videos on YouTube of us see that skyline picture in the background. Yeah, one game away from the second round for the Dallas Stars. I'm uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago. This is an exciting time of the year. I love it. Weather starts changing. You've got playoff hockey on your TV every single night. It's awesome. But with the transfer portal now, college football writers have to write 365 days a year. This would be a time you actually are probably taking a break normally, but with the transfer portal, I think you're always on standby. And sure enough, Tyler Buckner, the Irish quarterback, entered the portal. And your colleagues at On3 had the story today that Buckner was in Tuscaloosa visiting the University of Alabama. And the guy who brought Tyler Buckner to Notre Dame, welcoming him to Tuscaloosa, and Tommy Reese. So let me just start with this, Tyler. We knew this was possible when Sam Hartman became a part of this football program. It happened. Do you believe Marcus Freeman still made the right choice bringing in Sam Hartman, knowing that Buckner at some point might depart? Absolutely, 100%. And I know that in the last couple weeks I've said that, whoa, Tyler Buckner is looking pretty good. He's challenging Sam Hartman. But I'm pretty sure every single time you've had me on, I've also said – yes. I still think Sam Hartman is going to win this quarterback competition. Turns out, I mean, I know Marcus Freeman didn't say as much after the blue-gold game. He left the competition open. But this is a re- as much of a read-between-the-line situation as anything I- I've ever seen. Two days, three days after the blue-gold game, Tyler Buckner goes into the portal, and that's two or three days after Sam Hartman just absolutely outplayed him in that game. So... I mean, read between the lines there. Yeah, Marcus Freeman made the right decision. You went out and got, uh, for my money, one of the 10 best quarterbacks in college football. I actually was asked that question today at blueandgold.com on our message board uh, because there's been a lot of discourse there in the last 24 hours. But somebody just straight up asked me, like, what is your perception of Hartman in the landscape of college football quarterbacks? And I said – I sat there and thought about it, and I said, yeah, I think he's got to be top 10. And I actually went and Googled uh, best quarterbacks in college football (laughs) just to see what other people think as well. 
and I and I found an article from ESPN. It was just titled, uh, or the byline was ESPN staff, and it said that 12 ESPN writers kind of threw in some ballots to rank these guys, and Sam Hartman landed number seven. So that's kind of where I, where my mind was at going into it. And yeah, I do think he's a top ten college football quarterback. Is he Caleb Williams? Is he Drake May? No. Those guys are going to, at this time next year, those guys are going to be top 10 picks in the NFL draft. So Sam Hartman was never going to be that. But the question is, is Sam Hartman better than Tyler Buckner? I think that was answered this spring. I think that was answered with Tyler Buckner going into the transfer portal. So you brought in a better quarterback. You bettered your team. That's the right move on Marcus Freeman's part. Tyler, let me ask you about one portion of Tyler Buckner's social media post where he mentions that the door is open for him to return to Notre Dame. It appears that he and Marcus Freeman had a conversation and Marcus left the door open for him to return if he doesn't like what he sees in the transfer portal. I'm wondering if you agree with me, and of course you don't have to, when I hear that, that concerns me because I feel like it sets a standard. And if I'm the number three wide receiver or the number two offensive tackle, I would say, well, Tyler Buckner had the chance to come back. Could you leave me a key under the mat and yeah. so I can come back into the Goog if things don't work out in the transfer portal? What is your reaction to that part of the story? Yeah, you're just asking for a creation of chaos at that point, aren't you? I mean, all these players already have so much – Liberty with the portal being open because anybody can enter it at any time. But on top of that, if you kind of throw in a clause of, yeah, I'm going to enter it, but I'm going to come back. I mean, this, this isn't the same as NBA player, college players and, you know, college basketball being able to say, Hey, I'm going to put my name in the NBA draft, but I'm not going to hire an agent. So that leaves the door open. That's different because you're either going pro or you're returning and say, Hey, okay, you know, that didn't work out. Let's run this back. At this point, Tyler Buckner is saying, I'm either going to go suit, suit up for Alabama and potentially play against Notre Dame in a bowl game or a college football playoff game, or I'm just going to return to Notre Dame. That's a completely different thing. So I actually don't like it. Um, and at that point, is it hypocritical of me to say, because uh, look, Notre Dame has had this system situation before where Houston Griffith went in mm-hmm. and then Houston Griffith came back. He ended up playing two more seasons at Notre Dame. But I mean, this is a quarterback. It, it, I don't want to say Tyler Buckner is quitting on Notre Dame because I think that gets thrown around on yes. social media and message boards all the time. Anytime someone enters the portal, that's not what he's doing. At the end of the day, you've got to look out for yourself as a college football player. And, and that is what he's doing. But as soon as you say, okay, my best situation is not at Notre Dame, you're kind of saying, I need to go somewhere else. And for you to just kind of circle back in a couple of weeks, or really just a couple of days, I mean, the portal closes on April 30th, and say, all right, now, nah, never mind, I'm going to stick it out here. How awkward is that in the locker room, especially if you're a quarterback supposed to be a leader of this team? It's just awkward is the, is the, is the word I would use, and you don't want that in your locker room. Tyler Horkut, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, my guest. Let's just play the hypothetical. Tyler Buckner does not return. Your thoughts on the quarterback room outside of Sam Hartman? Yeah, uh, this is a polarizing topic as well, obviously, because I think that's 
where everybody is at with this is uh, they're happy to have Sam Hartman. They see the highlights. They're like, all right, yeah, this guy's going to start. But you always wanted to be able to fall back on Tyler Buckner, not only if just if something happened this year with Sam Hartman, but you kind of have that guy in your back pocket and you're like, okay, man, this guy's got three years of college football left. He could start in 2024 and 2025 for us. Now that's not an option. And, I mean, all things considered, right now you're looking at a three-way quarterback competition at this time next year between Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, and C.J. Carr, who's going to be coming in as a true freshman. So, I mean, right there, if you figure Sam Hartman's going to play the entire season, hopefully he stays up and is healthy for every single game, you might be dealing with three guys. Uh, unless Notre Dame blows some people out and, and Steve Angeli gets some looks this year, that obviously wasn't the case last year. Uh, you might be looking at three guys who have never thrown a pass at the college level. So that is concerning. But my argument is, hey, if these guys are good enough to wear a Notre Dame uniform, you bring them in. Those are three scholarship quarterbacks. Every single one of them should theoretically at some point be able to play and start at this level. At some point, they're going to have to do that. So, uh, And Steve Angeli is going to be a junior at that time. My colleague Mike Singer has always been really high on him and like you never know how these quarterback situations are going to play out. I mean, Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner to the two guys who were one, two last year are going to be gone from this team. And I know we floated that out there. The question was always how many, you know, is one guy here next year is two guys here next year or zero here next year. I never really thought the answer would be zero, but now we're staring that in the face. It just gives other guys opportunities. It shakes out. And Steve Angeli is a confident kid. And if, that is the front runner to be the starter next year, then so be it. You, you got to run with them. Prince Colley also jumped into the transfer portal. I think if Prince was running the Irish defense, he'd be starting. And mm-hmm. he pretty much has said that. But based on what we saw in the spring, he was still a reserve with a role on this defense, but not the type of role he was expecting. How big of a loss do you think that is for the Irish defense? Well, before the blue goal game, I, I would have said it was a really big loss. But then I saw those sophomore and freshman linebackers, and I was like, you know what? Notre Dame still has <laughs> some guys there. And that might have been part of why Colley left as well. I mean, uh, if you take Marcus Freeman at his word, Prince Colley was out of that game with a concussion. And uh, I don't even think he was on the sideline. So maybe he was at home, you know, got on his Peacock's Peacock subscription and, and dialed that thing up and he sees all those linebackers going off and he's like, oh man, I already have to deal with all these graduate students. I can't get on the field over them. You know, the Maris Leofal, Jack Kaisers of the world. And now I got these guys coming up from behind on the depth chart and uh, that's kind of a, a suck sandwich if you, you know, it's, a, it's not a great situation for him. And I actually spoke to someone close to him and I was just kind of asking him where this decision came from and what was his frame of mind. And he just said, yeah, he never really, at this point, he does not see it materializing for him at Notre Dame. And this is a guy who only has two more years of eligibility left. So if you use up another one of those sitting behind these graduate seniors, and then all of a sudden those freshmen and sophomores that we talked about are sophomores and juniors and Maybe they start stealing reps from you. I mean, that's just a wasted career at this point. So he's got two years. Go use them elsewhere. I think Notre Dame will be just fine. They've been recruiting the linebacker position very well the last couple of years, especially since Marcus Freeman got here. Blue and Gold Illustrated's Tyler Horkham, my guest here on WSBT Radio. My biggest concern going into spring practice was the Fighting Irish 
defensive line. I left the spring game feeling better about that unit. Now, we know in the spring that these spring games, you don't have the five offensive linemen together that are going to be going up against these defensive lines. It's mix and matching, so maybe advantage defensive line. But at the same time, Tyler, there were some names that popped up in this game that makes you feel like there is a chance that that second unit could be you know, pretty good. Anye really came on strong, I thought, in the spring game and had an outstanding performance. Do you feel better about the defensive line from your initial thoughts going into the spring? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely feel better. And it was hard not to because I had that unit kind of down at the bottom of the list of in my confidence meter yep. across both sides of the ball. But, yeah, you mentioned Jason Anye. I mean, sitting up in that press box, Tyson Ford, I don't know if it's because he was wearing a different colored jersey and he just kind of stood out because of that. He was wearing a green jersey when everyone else were wearing the white and blue ones, obviously. But I was just saying to everyone in the press box, man, that guy looks massive. Gabriel Rubio was impossible to block at times. Uh, Aiden Kiana Aina even got in there and made some plays. And then on the edge, Jordan Botello was uh, evident and, and noticeable from the very first snap, got after Tyler Buckner, stripped sack. Um, he was kind of living in the backfield in the limited amount of plays that he was out there for. Joshua Burnham was pretty good on the edge. Javante Jean-Baptiste didn't even play. And uh, he was probably the best-looking defensive end for Notre Dame in the spring practices that we got to watch. So you've got some guys there who could definitely uh, all combine to be a really productive defensive line. It's just going to be about taking what we saw in that game and in the practices and translating it to actual games in the fall because that, that, this is one of the position groups across the defensive line that you know you've got some talented guys that you've recruited, but you just haven't seen them do it in games. And that, at this point, that's all that's left and you leave that spring game feeling confident that it's actually going to happen because I don't think anybody left that thing saying, oh, no, we don't have anything there. There's some pieces there. They just have to do it now. Within the last couple of months, you wrote pieces at blueandgold.com, breaking down every one of quarterback Sam Hartman's games last year at Wake Forest. Based on your incredible knowledge of everything he did last year, <laughs> Was that the Sam Hartman on Saturday you expect to see throughout the 2023 campaign? Yeah, it's, it's just all about keeping him upright in that pocket and giving him enough time to make throws because I went back and watched this game on Peacock and he had all day. And when he has all day, uh, there might not be, I mean, outside of the elite, elite guys that we were talking about earlier, Caleb Williams, Drake May, a better college quarterback at reading a defense, going through progressions, and throwing to the guy that needs to be thrown the ball on every particular play. I mean, even in a spring game, you don't go 13 of 16 without putting the ball where it needed to be every single time. One of those incomplete passes, he did put the ball, uh, threw the ball to the right guy. I actually tweeted this out to Jaden Thomas. It was a little mesh type of look, which was interesting. I think hmm. we're actually going to see some of that with him this fall because that's what he's comfortable in. But, I mean, he, he's a he's almost 24 years old, and he just he carries himself that way too. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought he was highly impressive. In those games that I went back and rewatched, 
where he was putting up 350 yards and four touchdowns and no picks in the really good games. This was that. And the common thread between those two things is that he's protected well in those games. So really I'm starting to think that this Notre Dame season, and you could say this about a lot of college football teams comes down to how well the offensive line plays. So Joe Rudolph is going to be under a microscope He's got some question marks to fill on the interior of that offensive line. But if those five guys hold up, and two of them are are really, really good and could be first-round draft picks at this time next year, which (laughs) is a great thing for Notre Dame, if those five guys hold up and Marcus Freeman – or, I mean, uh, Sam Hartman stands up in that pocket and is able to throw the ball, then, yeah, this Notre Dame offense is going to be humming in a way that it hasn't – in in quite a while. I mean, when's the last time Notre Dame had a prolific downfield offense? It's been a minute. Freshman wide receiver Jaden Greathouse, 11 catches for 118 yards in Saturday's blue goal game. How does he fit into the Irish offense in 2023? He doesn't look like your prototypical slot guy. I mean, you think Avery Davis the last couple of years, but before he got injured, you think Chris Tyree coming over from the wide or the running back spot and, uh, making that position switch. You, you think those smaller, shiftier guys. Jaden Greathouse is a full 6'2", I want to say, and probably mm-hmm. 210, 215 pounds. But, man, does he just get open in the slot? I think it's because he's so smart and he's so savvy and he knows where to go on the hitch routes and the slants, and he just finds the soft spots, whether it's zone or man coverage. He just knows how to run his routes. And I think that's how he fits in. I mean, that is – Music to Sam Hartman's ears, a guy that knows how to get open. And, you know, I I just talked about Sam Hartman going through all these progressions. If Jaden Greathouse is going to be the first or second read on a lot of these plays, and Sam Hartman knows there's probably an 80%, maybe even 90 or 100% chance that I'm throwing this guy the ball because he's going to be open. I mean, every single college football team in America needs a guy like that. And I know he's only a freshman, but he did it at a really high level at one of the best high school football programs, not just in the state of Texas, but in the country at Austin Westlake. So I think he fits in right away. And I've actually changed my mind. If you had to, if if Notre Dame was playing in a week and you said, all right, run three wide receivers out there, it's kind of hard to imagine this guy not being one of them. Yeah. I think Jaden Thomas, who caught a touchdown pass and a 46-yard bomb from Hartman, would definitely be one of those as well. So at that point, you just got to find another fielder boundary guy and it's probably Tobias Merriweather or Deion Colsey fighting for that uh so yeah I, I think Jaden Greyhouse is among the best the three best wide receivers on this team it wasn't just a spring game thing I saw it throughout the spring even in those practices that I would come on here and say man Darren this offense is struggling it's looking pretty bad there was a there was a constant in that and it was Jaden Greyhouse catching these little short passes when everything else was going awry he was there for all three quarterbacks, Steve Angeli, Tyler Buckner, Sam Hartman. They were all throwing this guy the ball. So at this point, I just don't know how it doesn't show up in the fall. A lot of good stuff right now at blueandgold.com. Tyler Buckner, NFL Draft, still recapping the blue gold game. And as I throw it to you, I, I don't want you to give away any secrets, but you've got an interesting story about Michael Mayer up right now. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have a ton about Michael Mayer in the next 36 hours. Obviously, he's projected to uh, be a first-round NFL draft pick. But, yeah, like you're saying, this is the story that's up there right now. He will not be at the NFL draft, even though he's supposed to hear his name called on Thursday night. Go to blueandgold.com to read why that is. And like you said, Darren, everything else that we've got 
from spring recaps. I mean, we're, those are going to be going through the next couple of weeks. Transfer portal stuff, obviously, there could be some news popping up there. Mm. If you really want to know where Tyler Buckner ends up, we'll have it at blueandgold.com. So, I mean, if you're a Notre Dame football fan, I say it every single week, you got to go to blueandgold.com. It's the place to be. All right, well, enjoy your night off from the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we will talk to you next week. Yeah, I actually kind of like these nights where the stars aren't playing because I can watch peacefully and comfortably and <laughs> not have to sweat anything out. Ah, uh, but there's nothing like it. There's nothing like the Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs in my mind, and my team plays tonight. I'm ready to get home and get into my jersey, and let's get this thing going, or my sweater, excuse me. What am I saying? I'm a hockey guy. It's a sweater. It's not go. a jersey. Hey, thanks for doing this, Tyler. Appreciate your insight, and we'll check you out, of course, at blueandgold.com. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Darren. Talk Th- to you next week. You betcha. Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football, beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. More to come, 629, on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 